0: how's everyone doing we just brought our living room along <laughs> <laughs> this evening um my name is natalie my name is emily did someone say hi natalie oh hi, hi guys um we are coming off of whew, quite an uprising weekend um we just had way too much fun we did and uh, it is our mission this evening to kind of inform you of the weekend. Mm-hmm. We just think that it's important, although Uprising is for the women of our house, I love that your mother-in-law's like, I need every angle and every picture. <laughs> At <laughs> least she doesn't have the iPad i from here, girl. Taking pictures. <laughs> Quick. So cute. Nice I'm too. surprised she wasn't holding up a full iPad. That's what I said. She's got an iPhone, everyone, watch out. Um, so we are going to try and inform you of the weekend because, um, like I said, although uprising is for the women of the house, um, the word of God is the word of God. That's right. Right. And so we were, um, had a great weekend, but we thought it would be nice to bring that into our community, um, for everyone. And so, and
1: you guys have to be awake. You got to do it. You gotta.
0: (laughs) Don't leave us hanging. Thank you, Melissa.
1: We, guys, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Don't leave me up here we by myself. We just got
0: away from Elizabeth Nathan, so everything's gonna be okay. That's true. We got her, that's all we need. Sorry, everyone else. Um, so, I'm gonna start us off. We're kinda gonna be a little bit informal. Um, it's, Emily and I have been friends for a very long time, and so it's very fun to get to share this space together. Um, and we're gonna try to keep the ridiculousness to
1: a minimum. I purposely did not drink as much coffee as normal today because for any of you who were around last year after Uprising, (laughs) I got up to do the hello only, like the intro right, and could not keep it together. I was not crying. I was laughing and could not hold it together. (laughs) I like yelled at Natalie at the back of the sanctuary from the stage in the microphone. I was also laughing and
0: crying back there. All of
1: the tired after Uprising, but I ate today. Yep. We were responsible today. So I'm good. So
0: let me, um, everyone is like, what is going on right now? It's okay. Don't be scared. I'm going to just give you, I'm going to start off. We're going to chat a little bit through this, but we've each kind of got a point to bring to you from the weekend. Does that make sense? Something for you to ponder with the women of the house. I'm just going to keep saying that because it sounds real official. It does sound awesome. Um, So uh, I'm done. Just, Just to kind of fill you in, you can see that behind us. Um, Every year for Uprising, we kind of have a word that we, uh, that God, as God breathed, uh, we kind of seek that out in prayer, and uh, we kind of center all of the learning around that. Does that make sense? So I'm done, I was, um, I told this story during our panel. I was um, driving to an appointment, and uh, I was, I usually listen to my, my phone for music in the car. And I realized um, as I was driving away that I didn't have my phone because my Bluetooth disconnected. And I didn't really kind of realize it right away until I got like on Cliff Street. Um, I was that like preoccupied in my brain. And I realized there was no music playing. And then um, I realized I was alone with my thoughts. Have you ever been alone with your thoughts and you realize it and you're like, oh, no. I have to think about all the things now. And so I, I kind of realized in that moment that I think in this season I've purposely been living a noisy life because I was struggling. And I didn't want to have to think about things at a deep level and kind of deal with them. And so I literally had a moment of like, shoot, and <laughs> really I could have turned the radio on. I was thinking about that this week. Could I have turned the radio on? Absolutely. Did that cross my mind? No. Uh, And I really think it was a God thing. And so I was sitting there thinking about the fact that um, all of my worlds seemed to be melding together. You know, how as humans we kind of sometimes survive by compartmentalizing things and then maybe the issues we're walking through. And I felt like my world was um, cookies on a baking sheet with too much butter. And so they all just kind of started to run together. Into this one big cookie that was not real tasty, let me tell (laughs) you. And so, um, you know, there's tangible things like um, both of my parents, their moms died four days apart. So uh, both of them had already lost their fathers, and um, grandmothers are special. And so my nanny passed away, which was expected. and my dad got to be with her, which was great, Um, but we were literally walking in the door from her funeral and to a phone call that my grandmama had passed away. And for me, I'm 32, I know I look stunning from my age, (laughs) but for the first time in my life, I felt like my parents needed me, and that was, a little bit wild for me. I was staring at my dad who was really struggling (laughs) with how he was kind of dealing with things. And I was like, I don't think I'm prepared to parent my parent or to to not parent my parent. That's probably, I'm like bragging on myself there a little. Adulting is hard. Yes, it is. Mm. And so, uh, so there was those situations. My dad had open heart surgery. And that was a lot to deal with. The doctors were like, it's normal, it's normal. And I was like, no, <laughs> he doesn't have heart surgery every day. So it may be normal to you, little doctor man, but it's not normal to our family. And like, we're on, we're on the other side of it. And, and it was a long process of recovery for those of you who have done or has someone go through heart surgery, they have to like carry her in a pillow for months and it's like a whole ordeal. And it was really, like really hard for him. So it was hard for us supporting him. And so I say all that to say like family and work and and ministry and just being a human, it all started to run together and I felt very overwhelmed. And I remember sitting in my car on the way to this appointment that I totally missed because I literally was just driving circles around Fredericton trying to figure out my life. And um, I just thought, maybe I'm done. Like, not in a bad way, but like I just felt useless for all the people that I was around and supposed to be helping. And I caught myself in that thought right away and sent it to hell um, because it was a wrong. It wasn't a true thought, but it scared me that I thought that. Does that make sense? And so I kind of sat there and was like, wow, I did not know I was here. Like, I didn't know that um, I was struggling this much. And so um, I kind of sat there and waited, because I knew God would be like, come with me. (laughs) And uh, he kind of, I'm quite sure he has an uprising finger. And he kind of poked me with his uprising finger and was like, other women (laughs) and so I really had the feeling that there were other women who felt done that sat in their doneness and I felt like there were other men who felt done and just sat in their doneness like I'm ineffective I don't know how to move forward what is wrong with me why can't we see the breakthrough in this thing that we've been praying about and so um then I got like some righteous anger in me and I was like okay I can work with this (laughs) and and things have you know, progressively gone better. And so I say that for you to understand the vision. Does that make sense? So that's what we sat under this weekend. We are undone by the goodness of God. So like, you know, when you are just so overwhelmed by how good Jesus is, and there's almost like an ungluing a bit where you kind of like feel like you're coming apart at the seams as a human. Um, If that's weird for you, I'm sorry. But I just think sometimes things are so good that you're like, gosh, I don't even know what to say. Like, you're just going to sit and bask in it. But there's also a version of, of Undone that's like perseverance, endurance, like we are not finished. And then there's an Undone that's like talking about bondage and the things that hold us back and the things that Jesus wants to undo that are on us, right? And so it was a pretty rich weekend of... Uh, you know, picture this room completely full of women chasing after that with Jesus. Like, it was wild. There was a few moments where I was like, we are, I'm so blessed to be in this house right now. And so, what I really took away from this weekend, um, and I'll tell you to just progress my story a little bit about myself. Um, I was reading through Andy's book. So, Andy was our speaker this weekend. And if you missed her, you missed... Oh my goodness, she is, she is such a gift. She is so funny, first of all, and literally she is.
1: I was trying to describe her to my husband last night, Brandon. (laughs) Okay. And I said, she's like a tornado of words, (laughs) movement, sound. Yeah. She just never stops, yep. and she's hilarious. She's very funny, but has a great spiritual depth to yes. her.
0: Very wise, profound. loves people. And so I know you, like, you'd kind of have to be here to, to know and love her like we do, but we had a great time with her. And so this is her book, She Is Free, um, her first book that she wrote. And I was reading through this chapter on shame, which I didn't think I was a person who dealt with shame. That's not what I thought about myself. And so I was reading through this, and there's one part where she's talking about the voice of the enemy. And it says, if he can get us to believe the lie that we are separated from God's love and out of the presence of our Father, he can get us to see that we are naked and look foolish, but God created us to be completely free in front of him. Isn't that good? And so when I read that, I was like, oof, like I kind of felt a lump in my throat a little bit. And I realized that I didn't feel free in front of God. Like I didn't feel a freedom standing in front of him. I didn't feel great. (laughs) And that was new for me. I I feel free in general. Do you understand that? But knowing that I'm in the presence of God, there was almost like an embarrassment or I don't know how to be in front of you right now, like kind of a shroud of shame over me. And I've literally, you guys had no idea that I was operating this way out of some kind of fear Um, of the things of me and and feeling like, um, I don't know, a little bit lost for words. And so I was like, wow, okay, so I guess I need to work on that. And so this weekend we talked about um, shame a bit because here's the thing. (laughs) Andy talked about um, a passage out of Hebrews 11.1 that talks about faith being the things of the unseen. Right? And And I love that because it's, you know, faith is not tangible and we know that, but faith speaks directly to our internal condition, to our internal world. And I think it's important for us to understand um, that that's a foundation we we can rest on. And so I think my internal world was far more chaotic than I knew. Um, And I had gotten so used to it that that's just kind of how I operated in, in some way. And so this whole thing of shame, for me personally, almost became... Shame wasn't like a feeling necessarily, it was like a person. It had gotten so bad that shame was almost personified and like talking to me, I realized. And so because faith is the things of the unseen in our internal world, um, I don't know. I think I was able to, to send shame back to where it was supposed to go because it is an unseen thing, and it, is a, it should be fleeting for us. Those are things we deal with, but does that make sense? I'm trying to encapsulate it um, well for you guys. And so... Um, yeah, I I started thinking while I was kind of praying over women, we had a really cool moment in a session where this whole front of the church was was full of, like, I would say 60 women, 60 to 70 women, who were praying for a breakthrough, which, come on, y'all, like, a church with 60 women standing up front, like, storming the gates of hell. I was like, we're getting something done up here. Um, I... I just kind of got this vision from God of shame in the form of a comma. Um, And I kind of started to see the stories. Not know the information about them, but each person. Uh, Because shame is not the end. Shame is not a period in our life. It is a comma. Meaning we will move on from these things that currently hold us down. And so um, freedom is hope. Freedom is hope for. That sentence to pass and the greater story that we get to live with Jesus. Does that make sense?
1: You were so wise. You know, <sighs> I really try. It is just a blessing to sit in your presence. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm being serious.
0: Tell us about your uprising experience. Well, 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 well. Are you guys well. with us?
1: Okay. Just check them. I doubt them a little bit, but I think they are. They, yeah, they're lovely enough that they're hanging I'm, in. They're very nice. Yeah um so i'm emily um i have been in this church for many many moons i was basically born in the lobby that's not true in any way but i just feel like i've been here for a long time ruthie <laughs> good land given birth in the yeah lobby. that was too much i apologize i take it back i've just been here for a long time and um, been a part of many uprisings. I missed a few kind of in the middle, but been back for a little while now. And for me, I think, I was telling someone earlier that this, uh, for me, was probably the standout. And I w- I'm not, sh- I'm still not, I'm still processing. It ended four seconds ago, so there's still some internal processing happening, but um, there's always a bit of an unpolished feeling to uprising that I've come to really love, because our lives are unpolished. Amen? <laughs> so like, there's this special atmosphere where there's always a feeling of being a part of something new, something formative. And so, you know, we had um, a 14 year old playing, a 14 year old um, boy playing electric guitar or some sort of instrument, um, leading us in worship. And I just, like, I love that, that, you know, at this conference with 200 women that um, we can give space to people who are just learning where their gifting is and how to use it and all those things. So there's this real, like, sense of um, exercise and participation about Uprising that I really, really love. And so this was, I think, a special... They're always a special weekend, but this one was, I don't know, just a little different for me. Um, but when I've been pondering kind of on the coming up to uprising and and trying to prepare sort of mentally and emotionally for the weekend and all those sorts of things and thinking about freedom, um, a few months ago now, I was in a worship service and, you know, as one does, probably just like swaying gently in the breeze or something and, and singing. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at my jokes, Ang. Um, and singing along and, you know, all the things about uh, victory and, and um, claiming freedom and, you know, God, Jesus is so cool. Like, thank you for freeing me, those sorts of things. And, and there was a line in the song about um, something about an enemy. I don't know, crushing an enemy or something. something like that. I don't know. Anyway, but I just, I was, like, just in my happy little world, and then I thought, but what about when I'm the enemy? And I don't, I don't mean that, like... Okay, let me try to unpack this thought for a minute. Because it really, it it stopped me immediately. Because it's very easy for me to seek freedom on my own behalf and to assume the the position of the person receiving freedom. But um, it takes a lot more strength of character to start to recognize when I am the inhibiting factor in somebody else's bid for freedom. Does that make sense? And so God kind of started to speak to me that, you know, these songs I sing about freedom and the goodness of God and the love of, the love of Christ and all those sorts of things, about claiming victory and, um, you know, all of, the, all of those things, if, if they're only for me, I serve a very small God. And I need to start to allow God to illuminate the things in me that are that are, are holding back somebody else from achieving freedom. Are you tracking with me? Now, I'm not saying that I am a horrible human. Like, I think I'm decent. <laughs> but we all know, like, correction is not always an easy thing to swallow, am I right? And we, I can assure you that there are things that you think that aren't true. And every time God brings one up, I'm like, no. But there, there are people who are desperate for the love of God, who can't get past the people that are in the road. And God is so good; He will always make a way. But I would much rather be a part of the solution <laughs> than the oblivious person that's accidentally elbowing people out of the way on their way to the cross. Are you with me? Um, and so. Um, One of my very, very favorite stories in the whole of the Bible, which I probably say about every story I talk about in the Bible, but this one especially is in Acts 10, and it talks about um, this man named Cornelius, coincidentally also the name of the guy who did the balloons. So perhaps he is a blessed man. <laughs> um, so this guy Cornelius, in, um, the, the Bible talks about how he is not part of the Jewish faith. And, and so he was not a part of the people of God as understood by the writers of the Bible. And, um, but the Bible describes him as a holy man, a pious man. And he's given this vision by God um, and he's told to, hey, go send for this cool guy named Peter. You may have heard of him. He's somewhat popular. In this little guy. Um, And so at the same time, Peter is in another city and is also given a vision by God. And his vision is real weird. He's kind of on the roof, as one does, um, chillaxing. And he has this vision of um, this sheet descending from heaven. Have you guys heard this story? And on the sheet um, are all these animals, blah, blah, blah. And so a voice in the vision says to Peter, Kill whatever you want and eat it. And Peter, being the good religious man that he is, says, "God, like I know you're trying to trick me. <laughs> I'm gonna pass this test. Your law says I'm not allowed to eat these things. They're unclean, and I will not defile your name by being tricked by by this vision. Like, ha ha, I won." And um, he's reprimanded and and corrected by God. And I mean, God is very lovely, <laughs> and so. There is no condemnation there, but it, but it is a, a, a pause immediately. And, and God says to Peter, do not call unclean what I have said is clean. And Peter's just straight up confused, <laughs> as many of us would be in this situation, until the, the messengers from Cornelius arrive at the door and invite him to Cornelius' house. Because had God not intervened with that vision... Peter wouldn't have been able to go because he was not allowed to eat in a house that was unclean. But God had said, it is clean. And because Peter was open to correction, he was able to go and eat and share the gospel with this man and his family and saw a huge move of God where these people, you know, finally understood in a little bit more fullness who this God really is and what, and what life with God is like. But can you imagine if Peter had said no to the correction? If he hadn't been listening, or if he'd said, no, 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 this is the way it's always been, or um, I'm a smart person. I know things better than you, or whatever. God would have still made a way for Cornelius and his family. But Peter wouldn't have been a part of the solution. And so I've been trying to commit... (laughs) Which is difficult, guys, <laughs> um, to being open to correction. And I don't mean that in an unhealthy way where just whatever someone says, you're like, yep, that's right, I'm changing my whole life. But to do the hard work of when somebody says something, to pause immediately and think, is this something that I need to correct in me? And some of these things are like weeds. You know, you like do the hard work of like, I don't actually do this in real life, like in a garden, but I imagine it's annoying, you know, pulling up all these weeds, you work up a sweat, and then a few weeks later, you go out and you're like, what the heck, where did all these things come from? And some of our thinking is like that. And we we put boxes around people that are not of God, are you with me? And I don't want to be that person. So there is there is this part of freedom that 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 I get to um, go before God and 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 go after my own freedom, but I also am asked to commit to hearing from God to be a part of somebody else's freedom. And so even this week, I called my husband early to ask if I could tell this story. <laughs> so um, some of you know my husband. We are. I wouldn't say total opposites, (laughs) but we're very different humans and we communicate very differently. And Brandon is very to the point and somewhat extreme. Like, Like, he will overstate his case so that he is positive that you understand what he's saying. Whereas I'm like, so I mean like gentle, gentle, around the point. 10 hours later, you're left thinking, I don't know what she's trying to tell me. Yeah, Brandon's like a highway. Yes. And you're like the scenic route. That is a perfect way to say that. Thank you. We need you (laughs) to come mediate in our home. Um, No, anyway, so on the weekend, I could tell that he was off because Brandon... You do not have to wonder <laughs> what he's thinking or what he's, or you can wonder what he's thinking, but you never have to wonder how he's feeling. <laughs> he's like a walking heart. I am getting better, but like, especially when we were first dating, like my feelings were like in a locked chest <laughs> at the bottom of the sea, and Brandon was like robed in his. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, so on the weekend, he, something was bothering him, and then finally he was like, you are the problem. And I was like, ah, say what? Me? I'm perfect. Um, Anyway, and so after much discussion, guys, this is a very vulnerable moment. I would have been like offended immediately. (laughs) I'm offended. So I was working really hard to be a listener. Anyway, so what he was trying to say was that it bothers him that, you know, I say that I will do something. And then (laughs) he said one in five times, (laughs) I actually do it. I'm laughing because- We have family in
0: the room, is this the correct (laughs) ratio? Yes. The sister says yes. Yes, so I was like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." But like, I'm not the only person that like struggles with these things, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, in my defense, was his delivery great? (laughs) No. (laughs) But it was like two or three days before I remembered the commitment I made to being open to correction. And who knows that Correction is not an easy thing to hear, um, but it is a necessary thing to hear, even if maybe it's a slightly little bit too blunt. Um, because I don't know what that character building will mean for someone else down the road. Okay? So even when it's difficult to hear, even when I might cry about it a little bit, <laughs> guys, it really wasn't that bad. It was just okay, like he's lovely. Um, it was something I needed to hear. It's just difficult. And so, but who knows down the road when I'll be able to follow through on something I said and it will mean something for someone. Are you following? So that was a real vulnerable moment just to say that like we are all works in progress and God is so gracious to use us where, where we're at. And so my kind of big takeaway from the weekend was that I never want to be someone who's just after my own reward I wanna make sure that I'm doing the hard work of helping somebody else get their reward. Are you with me? So that was kind of my takeaway from uprising, um, slash God's been teaching me that for a very long time, I think. So it's never wrong to be wrong, okay? The church has been wrong. This church, church, the church at large, it's never wrong to be wrong. It is wrong to persist in wrongness because we don't want to deal with the correction. Okay? So, you know, I want this to be a place in a church where we're, we're able to say, ooh, I said something the other week and I, d- it did not come out right. Um, I apologize. And to, and to make the correction. And um, There's a verse in Proverbs. I'll read you really quick. Um, and it says... People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. And it just made me think of, um, I know very little about cars, but I know that like the tires are supposed to be in alignment. (laughs) And even, am I right, Tyler? Thank you. He doesn't, he does now. But even, you know, when the wheel is just slightly off, you're, you're not gonna veer right off into the ditch, but the trajectory, that you're heading in is taking you off course. And so I want to be open to correction the first time and correct immediately instead of finding myself out in a field somewhere thinking, how did I get here with just something slightly off. Does that sound good? I hope that wasn't very heavy. I didn't mean, I meant it to be encouraging. <laughs> God is so lovely to correct. You know, I would much rather be corrected than to persist in, being, I don't know, incorrect, not, incorrect. <laughs> that. not right.
0: Are you gonna read a verse to us there? I did. Oh, you already did, whoop, yeah, tuned out.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that offends me. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm offense so is sorry. a choice, guys, offense <laughs> is a choice. <laughs> wow, I'm so sorry. You're brilliant.
0: Thank you so much. And I love you dearly. <laughs> Um, so here's what, um, one of the things that, that came up for me, kind of on stage really, um, while I was kind of processing during the panel is, um, I think for a lot of us we think of freedom, well I'll just say it about myself, I don't want to put this on you, but I think I was thinking about freedom like a nothingness, like a everything is okay, nothing is wrong, I feel great. Um, there's money in the bank, like all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. That that nab at at uh, at us, and God kind of spoke to me. Um, uh, no, this was from a vision earlier. So I had really been seeking this out, and um, I'm a dreamer at night. God kind of talks to me that way, and so as a prophetic person, and. Um, I had this dream about like me pulling a curtain back, kind of like a theater show, think of it like that. And uh, he was like, here's how you view freedom. And the curtain went back and there was nothing. He was like, I am, a, I am God of abundant life. Mm-hmm. And so freedom is not just surviving to get to through to a nothingness. Does that make sense? And so I think a lot of us need to dream again and hope again for what freedom can really mean for us and ultimately the person beside me. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. And so if Ruthie isn't free and if Lucas isn't free, then I'm not free. Right. And so um, for both of them, I want not nothingness, I want goodness for them. And so I want that for me as well. And so freedom is not perfection. It's not this state where everything's totally okay. Freedom is deliverance. Right. And so, um, so yeah, this is just kind of a little snapshot. We want it to be a little bit informal, but I hope this was helpful for you to understand kind of some of the things that we walked through. And um, unfortunately, none of this was, we didn't tape anything. We didn't record anything what? for uprising. That was an because oversight. Because I think you kind of got, listen, uh, (laughs) jeez, women are supposed to support women, (laughs) goodness. Um, I was just joking. I think that you need to kind of experience the room and something special happens when you are there. And so for the women of this house, um, we would love to have you next year. We're turning 10 years old next year.
1: (laughs) Uprising, that's crazy.
0: It deserves a little more than, guys.
1: (laughs) Dave suggested earlier that we do an uprising for men. And I said, listen, if you fill this room full of men and you give me a microphone, I will use it. (laughs) So stay tuned. Uh, We're we're just, we're excited. And I feel
0: like for for the women of our house and in this community to experience what they did, I just feel like a shifting wind in our community. Do you agree? There's like a shifting wind coming through that's kind of dusting some things off. For me, you know, removing that shred of shame for you, maybe it's different. And so no more fear for the future. Right. And we're just real excited. I feel like what happened in this room primed us for a next step forward. And so, um, yeah, I hope that this conversation blesses you in some way, um, hilarious or informative, whatever you want to take from it. But here are hearts that, um, God is doing a good work here and we're excited for for what that means for all of us, Um, not just for the women who who are in this house. And so we're going to just take some time to worship together and I think that um, it's uh, good for us in a season where we're we're talking about groups and really kind of leaning in and asking all of us to kind of serve each other in that way and consider leadership that way or even joining a group. This is group right here, getting together uh, and talking. If this room was empty and just Emily and I, we would have had just as great of a time. That's true. <laughs> Unfortunately for us, we're really cool. Um, but this is important, yeah. right? Just kind of getting with your people and chatting. And for some of you, maybe you haven't fanned those people yet. This is a great opportunity to do that. Um, rows are great, but circles are, are very great they're very beneficial for for us and for our faith and so um pastor john is going to talk about that a little bit later um but we're just excited for this season yeah. and uh for where what uprising has primed us for and so thank you for listening to the afterglow of the uprising experience um, we're going to take some time to worship together so emily why don't you lead us in some prayer Sure, us ready why don't you guys stand with me
1: band can get this next song started. God is good, amen. God is good, amen. Amen. God, we thank you that you are always among us when we gather, that you are faithful to correct and to rebuke and to chastise, to adjust our path, and Lord, we pray that we would be a people who are not only hard after our own freedom, God, but that we are for the freedom of others. And God, so we ask that even in these moments where there is dismantling that needs to happen in our own lives, that we would embrace it. God, that where we need correction, Lord, we would not shy away from it, but we would do the hard work of uprooting ineffective or harmful ways of thinking or being. God, that we would embrace freedom for one another. And God, we are so grateful that you are not a God of shame or condemnation, but that you are a God of life and life to the full. And so we pray that in this room tonight, we would be full of the life and the love of God. Lord, that we would leave a little bit different from having gathered here. And as always, we are grateful for your presence among us, for your continued blessing. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.